0: This is Practice Practice with Krista and Kayla, a podcast in which we talk about practice and practice practice of various kinds. Hi! Hi! Hi. Hi, Krista. Hi, Zena. Hi. Well, we are here today with Zena Brooks, uh, who is a global citizen and published marine biologist, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Zena now lives and works in Sandefjord, Norway. Hello.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me, Kayla and Krista. So nice to be on mm-hmm. practice practice. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs>
2: So Zena, you have given us a very fun practice that stems from your own. For the people listening, all of the the fans of the pod out there currently tuned in, could you give them a rundown of what you assigned to us for
1: the past two weeks? Yes, definitely. So I have been doing this practice since, I believe, December 21st, 2016, and it is that I've done a photo or video every day um, through the one second a day app kind of, and sort of on my own. Um, Basically, it's quite simple. You just take a photo of something. It's even easier now with like the live photos where they're basically videos. Um, And you just have a little memory, just one second of each day. Uh, It's a lot of fun to look back on and see what you've done. And also I found that it really helps me anchor my memories because it's amazing how much you can be informed by looking at a single picture or looking at one second of video footage and suddenly the rest of the day comes flooding back to you. So Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed it in that way, but I've also enjoyed it in the way that it's encouraged me to do more with my days. If I find that I'm having a lazy day and I'm having a hard time, like being motivated to do something, the idea of having something nice to put in my second helps just give me that extra push and get me going. And so I've really enjoyed doing it, I guess, as you can tell by the fact that it's been years now. Um, it's sort of gotten to the point where my video would no longer be fun to watch because the idea of it being a brief second, but then going for an hour would probably be exhausting. I haven't watched the whole thing, but for a week or two, it's really nice um, and totally fill-inable, I guess. So. I wonder how it's gone for you guys. Have you found that it's helped you fill your time, or has it been exhausting, or I don't know, what's the response? Krista. I love it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I love it. Um I
2: I mean I'm a photographer and I think it really hits on what I fell in love with in photography and especially film photography, where there's kind of a delay between being in the moment and not really thinking about it. And that's, I think, also how you kind of coached us in like, take a second, just take it while you're living. like Don't pay attention to the camera. And that is something I find incredibly valuable. Um, and it's so much easier to do a second video on my phone than tote around my film camera at this point. And that feels great. And I love looking back at how much time I spend with my cat and my partner and my <laughs> Zoom <court> heart. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Kayla?
0: Oh, yeah I mean I I didn't I didn't even think about how much of a like Krista appropriate practice this is because as a photographer like you're I mean you've done many projects where you're sort of documenting your own life um, I've never really done this before like photography is never mm. or recording things has never been like a part of my life in a big way um, I've never been mm. like a big social media person either so I, I'm not like a sharer in that in that sense um but but yeah like having having a second a day I I sort of not it did not necessarily encourage me to adventure like it like it does for you Zina um I for me it was almost like um it was a kind of interesting to do it kind of without judgment because I can I would look back and be like, every day is the same. <laughs> every day is the same, and the, which is not necessarily like a bad thing. It's just like what my reality is right now. It's like I, you know, every day is the same. <laughs> same, same bird. Same partner. Same, uh, you know, looking at a screen. Um, occasional sunset.
1: <laughs> but it was really nice. I do think it lends itself to being a bit of a celebration of the mundane. If you yeah. choose if you choose to do that and kind of I know that one of my favorite periods was when I included just like the introduction to British Bake off mm-hmm. and it was just like though it was two or three days where I all like all I did was work there was nothing exciting at work and the best part of my day was coming home and watching British Bake off. So for like three seconds in a row I did the, the you know the first three seconds of the introduction, And it's really funny to look back at that two years later. And it genuinely brings me joy to remember the joy I felt in that little moment of relaxing. And it doesn't have to be. It's not like I climbed a mountain. You know, I didn't achieve anything. But I lay in bed, and I watched Bake Off. And that was its own kind of like zen piece. Yeah.
2: How did you, Xena, first start doing this? What
1: spurred you to pick up such a big thing? My younger sister started and I thought it was cool. And so then I copied her, (laughs) including the fact that I copied her by not wanting to pay for it and downloading the free version, which then turned out that it took, it makes your videos lower quality and you can only export like 10 days at a time, which is something Mm. I didn't learn until I've been doing it for a year. And so somewhere on my drive, I have, I guess, 36 videos of 10-day periods um, that I need to piece wow. together. So if anyone is inspired by this, please don't go for the free app. I either find, find, <laughs> pay for the app or organize your own system to put them together. Mm. Yeah, we. Mm-hmm. so
0: for for me, and if anybody wants to do this, um, what it looks like for, for me was just, Taking a, a quick you know couple seconds video on my phone each day, then editing it down to like one second, um, and then adding that one second clip to a designated album. Um, so it's not it's not quite as like smooth as um, when we were just watching. We were just reviewing all of our you know two weeks of doing this, and Zena's was like a, a beautiful montage smoothly through all of the one seconds compiled together. Um, but it also works as just like an album full of seconds.
1: Totally, mm-hmm. and if you have commitment phobia, then there's nothing wrong with just starting even just by you know, taking a photo or a video. And once, once you're conscious of it, I feel like that's all you need to do because I mm-hmm. go months without filling them into anything. I don't really rewatch them, but I know that they're there. And there's mm-hmm. kind of something nice in knowing that If I need to look back at what I've done, I have that. And we all have that anyway, I guess, with our phones. But Mm -hmm. I like that there's the conscious decision to take a photo Mm -hmm. every day.
2: And like you called it earlier, it's a celebration of the mundane. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is what also makes it so special and so different from the other stuff on our camera roll.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you do it for yourself, or at least I've done it for myself. I have no intention of sharing it on social media. Um, Mm -hmm. I really just want to have this. And it's one of those things that like, last year, in the last year, I've lost sort of some close family members and little moments that wouldn't have had meaning. You know, even when I took them, they weren't that important, taking these photos of just sitting at the table or standing in the elevator, like, like making faces in the mirror, little moments because, because I did second a day, I chose to preserve those otherwise ordinary moments. And now they're really special. Mm-hmm. And so I think it kind of does act as a bit of a time capsule as well. Mm-hmm. Totally.
0: Hey, does your sister yeah. still do it?
1: No. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think she does. I, don't, I should ask her. Maybe should I record myself saying both no and yes, and you can edit in whichever one turns out to be
2: right. <laughs> well, I mean, I ask
0: because you you come from a family of, uh, you know, of of. Well, I I think of of your family as a very strongly having rituals, um, and and um, and you specifically are are such um. We talked about like gamification, um, when we were you know prepping for this episode and you're someone who, like, we, you know, we, we chose to focus on this, um, this one second a day practice that you've been doing for, uh, I don't know, what's 2021 minus 2016. (laughs) That's a long (laughs) ass time. Um, but you all, I mean, there are so many other practices that you do. Like you're, you're a a daily habit keeper. (laughs) Is that a family thing? Do you think?
1: Yes and no. I think that we are very ritualistic in my family. We like patterns, but I think it's also because we expect a lot from ourselves, both individually and collectively. And so it's really nice to have structure to fit that into. And so just for a little background for for all you listeners, um, I have been doing yoga every day since the start of the year. So it's like three, three, four months now. Um, I've been doing Duolingo every day for 249 days as of today, um, and most nights when I'm with my family every night and then just my partner and I, some nights, um, we end the day by talking about the best thing that happened, the worst thing that happened and a comment on the day. Mm. And I think that my, the yoga I was doing with my parents and my sister as well, one of my sisters and the best worst comment is something that we did as a way to make sure that everyone got the opportunity to sort of share their day and just kind of build that bridge. Even when you're an angsty teenager and you don't want to talk to your parents, the rule was that people were like, people were allowed to ask you and you kind of had to, you had to give them that much. You had to give them three moments of your day. Um, And I think it's just that the structure helps us feel connected.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially with, you know, your parents or your, your family's in the U.S., you're in Norway, and so you're making, like, an extra effort to stay connected with them. Yeah.
1: yeah. As for gamification, mm. I uh, never had video games as a kid, so maybe I have really low standards for what's <laughs> <Just> considered fun. <laughs> you just uh, turned everyday life wise. into <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like oh I can give myself gold stars by taking a video every day great this is fun like a little green owl tells me I'm doing a good job yes so love a green owl
0: <laughs> well I was talking to you Zina, a couple of um, what I, what is time these days your your mm. birthday was last last weekend and you were mentioning how um, you, you know, the last couple of years, you just happened to catch a, f- a fish <laughs> on, on your birthday, right? Or at least your, oh, like, birthday during, weekend.
1: Oh, just during the year.
0: Oh, okay. It, okay was, it, was not, year. it was
1: not quite as, it was not as amazing as catching a fish on my birthday. But it was okay, that each, okay. for the last few years, I have caught exactly one trout each year. Wow. So I figure that is my allotment from the universe, a single <laughs> trout.
2: I love yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and
0: you're like, well, I have to keep it going. <laughs> That's <'Cause> true. Obviously. <laughs> you
2: need your streak. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mhm.
1: I love streaks.
2: Because mm-hmm. I feel How- like
1: then it gives you it doubles the sense of accomplishment, right? Mm. Like, yeah, I might feel accomplished for you know, studying a language for 5 minutes a day. But that in and of itself is nothing spectacular but when you do that for a year straight suddenly i feel like it gives it meaning and it makes it feel like you've done something impressive even though it's still only been five minutes a day it's not that the act itself is any more interesting but i feel like the dedication to it elevates it Mm -hmm. and i really like that maybe maybe (laughs) that's all i can achieve maybe it's like i can just do this much but if i do this much all the time eventually i will have built myself a pyramid of some kind of success. You'll be That's fluent like, in
2: another language.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that means like it's isn't it true kind of thing in Norwegian, which was funnier in my head as someone who could translate it and a lot less funny for everyone who doesn't speak Norwegian.
2: <laughs> I got I got halfway there. I knew it was a funny Norwegian thing.
0: It's, it's it translates to Swedish too. It's the, it's, it's sane. That's sound of mind, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that you're basically like creating the conditions for your own satisfaction, right? It's like you, Mm -hmm. you set up the rules and then you fulfill the rules and that creates a a great feeling (laughs) of of Mm -hmm. satisfaction and joy that you've accomplished the thing. And that seems to be
1: really important to you. It definitely is. I think that it's really easy to overlook kind of rewards, I guess, right? Like they work they work with children and they work with us too if we if we can open ourselves up to it. And the idea that you can feel success in something, particularly a difficult thing, like that the, the success can be hard to find. And so, you know, if you think about playing an instrument, right? If you tell yourself I need to learn to play this piece perfectly, and you don't, then you might feel failure. But if you say, I'm going to play piano for five minutes every day, even if I don't feel like it, Mm -hmm. then that becomes doable. And so then I feel like Mm -hmm. success success feels attainable. And so I'm not keeping myself out of it based off my skill level, but I'm putting myself in it based off my, you know, showing up.
0: Mm -hmm. Something I love about what I'm realizing about all of these practices that you do, Zina, it's it's not like about the end result goal, um, but rather like just just the practice of doing it every day, even you mm-hmm. know, and and not trying to like accomplish you know a certain number of uh, pages or hitting you know level thousand proficiency in a thing. It's it's about like continued maintenance and doing and that that itself is the is the thing that you're striving towards it's it's not about like what you get it's
2: about the journey and not the destination <laughs> that that kind of thing and that's like in my research and reading like wellness tips or whatever on the internet like that hearing you say that and hearing you describe this I'm like this is the key to kind of like happiness and like being healthy and treating your body well and like she's
1: figured it out
2: you figured it it out all
1: right next problem solved (laughs) (laughs) refugee crisis peace in the middle east (laughs) what's what's on the table bring it on
2: (laughs) and like doing it I guess to add on to that you have the key but like learning how your brain needs gamification to do it is really important and like maybe that's not going to work for everyone but it's like figuring out the specific way to get your brain excited about doing the practice every day that's yeah. important
1: as you said that also something occurred to me which is that it feels a little bit like it reverses the relationship that we have with social media a lot of people have with social media as a mm-hmm. destructive force right it's very mm-hmm. easy to sit down to so- sit down scroll through Instagram and think everyone else is traveling more, eating better food, having a better time, they're in sitting in better weather. Like their life is better than mine in ways I can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this sort of takes some of that power back. I can sit down mm-hmm. and I, I also, you know, I think you could also just scroll through your own Instagram, which I'll do from time to time and just kind of be like, wow, I've, I've done things, especially during (laughs) lockdown. I feel like it's a lot, it's nice to look through your travel photos and remember that you have traveled and you have left the house, you know? Um, Mm. But when you, I don't know, when you're consciously choosing to remember each day, I feel like it's kind of giving, it's, it's taking your own life seriously kind of in a way that is easy to brush off or talk Mm -hmm. down to. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you think of um, the one second a day as like, I mean, do you, will you actively choose your one second as like the highlight of the day, like the the best thing to happen? Mm -hmm. Or do you include things that are like, yeah, this was a shitty day and this shitty thing happened and that's going to be the second.
1: Usually it's the most significant thing of the day.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I generally tend, I'm an optimistic person and I'm pretty happy and my life is very blessed. And so normally it's a good thing or it's my cat, which is uh, the best of things.
2: Um, <laughs> yes.
1: it's, <the> best. <laughs> Truly. it's- yeah it's incredible i take photos of her every day regardless of the second of day because every day she's cute in like a, a <laughs> new way or maybe the same way but i just can't capture it um mm-hmm. i will continue to try though but if for instance like if i was carrying groceries in a paper bag and then as i got to my doorstep the bottom of the bag completely went away and my fruit and vegetables were like rolling down the street that's also the kind of thing i would pull out my phone and be like "Yep." This is, this is today. <laughs> um, and it's, it gives you, I guess, it almost, it almost gives you an audience to share that moment with, even if the audience is just your future self, mm-hmm. right? You're kind of like, this is shitty, but it's also funny, and I will be able to laugh at, back at it, you know, when I watch this one second of In the Future.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like the way you just described that makes me think that this is also a way of, like, fostering a relationship with yourself and having a conversation with your future self and like being there for yourself when you have a shitty day instead of like going to your partner and being like everything's terrible you know that you like documented it for your future self to like commiserate with
1: yeah and and then i guess you can you'll future self will look back on your past self and see the ways that you've grown right and so it'll make it a little bit easier to recognize the growth in yourself because mm-hmm. you do have a record of who you were. And I mean, I think yeah. we have that anyway. And social media's, you know, has done the memory kind of reminder where they'll tell you where you were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But the, this is private, I guess. Yeah. This, this, you can choose how you wanna share it. And to me, that makes it a lot, it feels like rather than you on display, it's, it's like a journal. Right? it's a diary yeah. and you can you can show a side of yourself that you might not want to share with anyone but yourself and that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wanted to, to talk about like the relationship between this the one second a day practice versus like um journaling. Because it is it's a diaristic practice. Um but I think one thing that's different about it is it's not you know, in a journal, you might be sort of like hashing out your, your thoughts and feelings and angst and all of the existential stuff that you're dealing with. But what's really kind of lovely about the, the one second a day thing is it's really non-judgmental. It's just, it's just documenting like a thing that happened. And it's not trying to contextualize anything or figure out why or, um, you know, return to your childhood. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this is this is existence. This is like the life. (laughs) This is the life I'm having right now. Um, There's not like work you're trying to do about it, which is really kind of a relief.
1: Absolutely. And you're not adding anything to your day. I think Mm -hmm. that's why I've been successful with maintaining this practice for years, right? Because I'm not looking at myself to sit down and write a diary entry every single day. I'm trusting myself to grab the thing that's in my hand at all times and take a photo, which I can, can do, you know, effortlessly. And so it's, it's not adding to the things that I do each day, but it's allowing me to get more out of each day at the same time. Yeah.
0: And it's like lowering also the standard of of accessibility too. It's like you're not you know it, some people might get like intimidated by a journaling practice where you're just like, I have to write a whole page of what? <laughs> yeah, Zena's raising her her hand. Um, yeah, like uh, or or you know um, learning a language or practicing an instrument or doing yoga, like all of the things that you might be practicing when you take away the focus from like, doing the thing well to literally just doing the thing. And if you do the thing, then you're accomplished. Like, you know, it doesn't, you're not saying like I have to do excellent yoga every day. (laughs) You're just saying I have to do yoga every day. Like it could be like not the best practice you've ever done, but you did it.
1: Well, actually on that note, I have a rule for myself that I've yet to actually have to use. But Mm. if I don't want to do yoga, then I don't have to do yoga. But I have to unroll my mat. I have to set up my iPad on its stand. I have to put my pods in and get my pillow and get my blanket. And I have to lay on the mat and be on the mat for at least 20 minutes. Mm. So if I don't want to do yoga, I don't have to. But the truth is I don't like sitting still. <laughs> and so I'm not going to sit still. I'm going to do yoga. I mean, laying on your yeah, mat is still yoga. It's true. But I'm not good at that kind of yoga because that's the thoughtful, <laughs> reflective, slow yoga. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: it's just like getting yourself to the desk, getting yourself in the pool, getting, putting yourself in the place where you do the thing. And that's, that in itself is the goal.
1: Yeah. And if, if I find that I need to lay down one day and just think and just breathe, then I have that option. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I welcome that. So I think it's nice. It makes me feel like I'm not doing yoga to lose weight. I'm not counting calories. I'm not looking for an end goal out of it. Like you said earlier, Kayla, I'm looking to be there. And if I'm there, then I've done it. Um, and second a day is kind of the same. Wow. Yeah. We'll figure. And the second a day is a nice, a nice intro.
2: Cause it's a second. Mm-hmm. Like, and motivation begets motivation. So knowing that you can do a second a day makes it feel like you can do anything for, you know, the 5 minutes for whatever, the 20 minutes for yoga. Kind of I think it seems like a a snowball effect in terms of daily practice.
1: Definitely. Also, on a kind of different different tangent of second a day benefits, it is incredible how much information your brain can store kind of in Mm. in a picture or in a second video Uh, because i i feel like it's very easy to not remember what you did yesterday it's very it's even easier to remember not remember what you did last week and you know five years ago who knows who knows what i was doing today five years ago um and really so i started it in december knowing that i was going on a like eight month euro trip the following spring and that's kind of what motivated me to start was this will be really fun to look back on my travels and then i kind of, i got hooked after that but in terms of being a travel log it was fantastic and when i look back on those seconds i there are so many memories stored like maybe it's a bowl of pasta that you see But in that bowl of pasta, I go, oh, that was when Tom and I showed up in Florence at 10 o'clock at night, the day before a public holiday, and everything was closed, including the hostel. So we had to like semi break into the hostel um, with someone else coming out, you know, like we sort of had to, we're standing at the door and ducked in, but there was no one to greet us and there was nowhere that was open except for this one, like, Three star, five star fancy restaurant where we ended up having an incredible meal that we had at 11 o'clock at night. Um, and like all of that is stored in looking at the pasta that we had as an appetizer because that's what it is in Italy. And it's like all of these layers of experiences that could be easy to forget as just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's a night we were exhausted and like couldn't get into the hostel. Mm. Mm.
0: I have, I have to just give a, um, a warning here, though, that Xena has an obnoxiously good memory anyway, though. So, <laughs> I, I mean, yes, this, this, this is a helpful practice in remembering little moments, but...
1: <laughs> so, if anyone wants to know um, a, a poem that Kayla wrote in sixth grade for an English assignment, just drop me a line and I can recite, <laughs> recite it for you.
2: Yeah, it's freaky. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll, I, I will make remem- that request later.
1: <laughs> I just remember things I care about, and my cares turn out to be you and pasta. So <laughs> sue me. <laughs> Good things to care about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I
0: Yeah, I love the idea of, like these these seconds of of days. <laughs> the one the one second a day as just like a, a data point um that it, it's just mm. a data point that represents um you know the things that were going on that day um and how mm. like non-judgmental that is and e- even if you know we have a year of just sitting at home because it's the pandemic still like having you know 365 seconds of like you know, staring at the wall is, is a significant kind of trend. <laughs> if you think of it as like data collection, it's, it's just interesting. Um, whether or not it's like a, a highlights reel, it's still, it's still interesting. It's still significant because it's what your life was about.
2: Yeah. And you mentioned. don't maybe that's depressing. <laughs> well, I think the pandemic is a whole other bag of worms that is and, in- is depressing and just is what it is. Bag know. of worms. Bag of worms.
1: but I love worms. You... I'd choose bag of worms <laughs> over a pandemic any day.
2: <laughs> that reminded me of your attitude of when you skip days, Zena. Um, could, you, could you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I think skipping days is fine. Um, Because it's about the general experience. And I find that the days I skip fall into two categories. One, they're either dull and nothing exciting happened and I didn't photograph anything. Or alternatively, they are absolutely fantastic. And I had such a good time that I actually lived in the moment so much that it didn't occur to me to take a photo or video of it or it felt like it was a precious moment that I didn't want tarnished by the presence of a phone because that would interrupt other people's experience in that moment. And those are fine. Those, I think that there's a lot of beauty in that and we spend so much time looking at our phones, looking at screens. And I know I spend quite a lot of time experiencing things through my phone, you know, where I don't just watch If we were driving down the road the other day and there were some deer in a field, it was quite exciting. There were like these three deer and I was like, oh, look at them. And I immediately pulled up my phone and then I watched the deer through the screen of my phone, through the window of my car. And I, it just felt like, why am I looking, why am I choosing to look at this flattened pixelated version rather than just appreciate the fact that it's three deer. And the truth is that's not such an exciting thing that I needed to film it. I didn't do anything with that footage. It wasn't going to be great nature photography. We were driving. Like it was, there was nothing about that that necessarily deserved to be preserved except for my enthusiasm. And my enthusiasm only needs to be a second. And then Mm -hmm. I can spend the next five seconds watching them with my own eyes and living in that moment. Um, And so I actually think that the one second a day has trained me really well to record stuff. And now it's a matter of learning to just accept the one second and then move on to living the rest of the moment. Mm.
0: And Zina, you have kind of a rule about, um, about skipping days, right? I mean, is there sort of like a um, one day is okay, right? Yes, but, but... so one day is
1: okay. Uh, two days is okay, but mm. I don't let it get to three days if I, if I can help it. I don't think I, there's been three days since I started that I've skipped because that feels like then it's a pattern, right? You can have one, you can have one outlier, you can have two outliers even. But once you have 3 days in a row, it's a pattern and it feels like then I've kind of dropped the ball on it. And also then I'm disconnected from it and I don't know that I want to be. And I don't know that the story, I guess that they come together to tell would would work as well if it didn't include something more or less every day and it, again it doesn't have to be a big something like maybe the story is that there's not much happening at that moment and that's okay yeah.
2: and then that's an exercise in appreciating the little things of I had a cup of coffee or what what do you do on those days do you do the wall do you record your plants do you have a go-to on a boring day for what you'll what you'll record?
1: Um, no, I don't. And I think it's because I, I don't know that I really have boring days. Mm. And I think it's because there's always something interesting to me. Like that. And I have the benefit of living in a place that's still relatively new to me. I've been in Santa for a year Um, and I am still very much charmed by like the beautiful 150 year old buildings around the cute squares with the flowers. And right now we have the flags in the park that they only put up for special occasions. And it's like a bit of a ceremony that the three people come and they hoist the flag simultaneously. And that sort of thing is is still quite beautiful and exciting to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I've been anywhere long enough to find that it gets mundane at at Mm -hmm. least since starting this. Um, But I'm not worried about that. Well, I can also say I absolutely love food and cooking. And so Mm -hmm. I suppose if I haven't done anything social or anything environmental or, you know, active in any way, then I've got an extremely cute cat and I've probably made some good food. And so... Either one of those is something I'm happy to revisit the memory of.
0: It seems, I mean, it's almost like a kind of a sideways gratitude practice. Like you're finding something to, you know, that that brought you a little bit of joy, you know, however small. That's, yeah, like celebrating the mundane without having to like uh, say it out loud. I mean, something that you're recording is something you're privileging, right? You're like pointing it out as something special.
1: I think that's definitely true. I think anything that you're choosing to preserve, you are treating it with the seriousness that it deserves to be preserved.
0: Zina, I mean, you're also, you're coming from a science background as well. Um, Mm -hmm. In addition to like, you know, you you had the you're telling the story of like uh, one of the rituals that, you know, you did with your family growing up was like uh, whoever got to clear the dishes or whoever cleared the dishes got to do you want to do you Got got to 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 blow out the candles
1: yeah Yeah. so we would we would always we'd light candles at dinner once everyone sat down or as people were sitting down and then whoever cleared the last set of dishes also got to blow out the candles that was a prize you know
0: (laughs) so there's that like you're coming you're coming from um you know those, those kind of rituals. But you're also a scientist, and you, you know, have spent plenty of time like, collecting data. And I wonder if and how those things are related in the way that you approach like, your, your daily habits?
1: I think that's an interesting question. I think that science is very ritualistic. It is about following a structure. It is about doing the same thing every time. You know if you are collecting samples in a different way then your samples are useless or if you're preserving them in a different way then they're not comparable and so a lot of science is about the ability to replicate your actions and then also to replicate your mindset because you want to approach you know your different objects right that you're studying with the same mindset and so i do think that that ties in nicely it complements a one second a day or a best worst comment sort of routine, because you're trying to apply your new data, which is your day into the same format as everything else, which then kind of allows days to be comparable, I guess. That's what you do in science, right? Is that you want to treat all your data the same way so that you could take the result and compare the result between different days. And it's been through the same processing. So it is kind of on the same plane. I don't know that I do that with my days, though. I. I guess there's a general feeling that you would walk away from, which might sort of be your average. Um, but I don't know if I quantify them.
0: I. Well, I think you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assert, well, not not that you're like quantifying your days, but I mean, I, I see in the way that you, you know, and this is me sort of deciding what to think about what yes. you do. <laughs>
1: but, Absolutely. Protect your interpretation on uh-huh. me, too.
0: <laughs> but I, I, remember, I remember one time a few years ago when you were still in school, um, you know, in, in your marine biology degree, and you were designing an experiment for like, crab territoriality yes <laughs> do you remember this and and yeah. you you were you were talking about it because there were just so many variables that you were trying to like juggle right and i, I kind of think of like i mean from an art background like uh, you know uh, fluxus type performance art I, I think follows a similar kind of um you know you're establishing rules for a performance um or in your case, you know, establishing rules for an experiment, and in, in the same in the same way, I feel like you establish like rules for your habits or rules for, um, you know, satisfying your your goals or your your practices, and these all have like a similar. <laughs> Maybe I'm making um, connections where there aren't any, and you can disagree. But I feel like you know, uh, once there are rules, something becomes a game, and that's kind of the the crux of it.
1: Yeah. I think that's spot on. I do think that there are a lot of, I am very into rules and structure Mm -hmm. um, because I think it gives you like a stage on which to perform, you know, or uh, like, it's like having a desk, you know, that you come to the desk and then you know what will happen when when you're working. And I like the routine of that. It's like a container. Yeah, I guess it does. I I tend also to compartmentalize things, Uh, not necessarily in a bad way. I'm learning how to compartmentalize my job into working hours, which has been one of the incredible things about living in Norway, is that when you are on vacation, people don't expect you to do work. And when it's 10 o'clock at night, people don't expect you to do work. And that has been hard for me to get adjusted to, coming from sort of an American working mindset where I I was really married to my previous job and I absolutely loved it. And so it was, it came from passion, but it's also incredible how good you can feel when you are able to step away from something, for instance, work, and then step into something else, for instance, vacation. Um and I like I like having the clear boundaries. And I think that it does come f- in some ways from my or that matches, right, with my love of science and my love of structure and my love of routine. But it's not about having every day be the same, it's just about I guess questioning every day with the same the same questions or filming it with the same lens. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's all, it's all framing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Can, I, can I give you a fun fun crab fact? Please. Yes. So, oh, okay. Well, first of all, fun, fun crab fact is that they um, molt, so they will take bits of sand and compact them into a little, compact it into a hard ball that sits within them they then swallow it and it sits within them. And that acts as a point that reacts with gravity to show them directionality, right? Because it can be hard to tell what directions are in in the ocean. When you're in underwater, uh, if you get turned around and you don't know up is up, it can be hard to know that up is up. And so crabs and prawns and shrimps and things uh will have this little ball that acts as their kind of like a level and they did experiments where instead of giving them sand they gave them little bits of magnetic metal and then they reacted to uh to magnetic waves instead of gravity and they could use a magnet to make the crab think it was upside down and it would like try to flip itself over because according to its inner compass it was upside down oh crabs are so cool crabs are so cool yes wow <laughs> Crab, crabs crabs are the ultimate beach body that's right. i should have just really? on right. to just
0: tell us facts what other facts do you know Tina know. knows a lot of things yeah <laughs> they're
1: all very interesting yeah. I can also say about that experiment that you brought up earlier, Kayla, that what I found was young male crabs would fight over anything. I They basically, there Typical. was one rock and I tried putting two small crabs in, big crabs and small crabs, and then two big crabs and trying to see if size made a difference on if they would fight and see who got there first. So then it was like, A small one gets there first but a big one big crab is then put in the tank and the crabs want the rock so then Hmm. the small crab would move out of the way and give the big crab the rock because the big crab is much bigger and it knows Hmm. it can't fight it so when there were two crabs that were both male and both small they always fought but when one was bigger than the other the big one got the rock Hmm. when there were female crabs and they were pregnant they would always fight no matter what, even if there was no rock in there at all, or if there were two rocks, they would still fight each other because they were actually the most aggressive I could find. So, wow. What I'm saying is, when if we happen to this ever just find be ourselves crazy, pregnant, what you're saying. I, uh, I hope there's rocks for all of us.
0: <laughs> yes. See, this is, this is a game. <laughs> I, this is, I feel like, um, is science just gaming? Science is a game.
1: Oh my gosh. Whoa. It is. It's like you have to perform the tasks and then the prize you get is information about the world, which you then use to like learn more stuff about the world.
0: Yeah. But you're also making wow. a game for the crabs. Like you're 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 the game master yeah. and you're <laughs> creating a contest for the crabs just to see what happens. Just just to see. Yeah. What, if, I, oh, I what should, if the rules are this?
1: Disclaimer, the crabs were all fine, except for the ones that then ate each other in the tank. But that I had no control over, and that's a totally normal crab thing to do. And during my during my experiment portion, no crabs were actually harmed.
2: I didn't know crabs eat each other.
1: Oh yeah, crabs will eat each other. I had one one of my classmates came back to their tank to find a single crab when they had left like thirty crabs.
0: Ah, well, the winner <laughs>
1: <laughs> of the melee, and they were really disappointed because it's really hard to then perform an experiment with a single crab.
2: Did the yeah. single crab get really big? Did it have a belly that? Ex- How did it fit thirty crabs inside of the single crab?
1: I think it wasn't just about eating. I think it was also about just killing the other Murder. crab. I think it's, it was just uh, it's just territory. the love of the
0: game. Just loves yes. to kill. <laughs> yes.
1: So um, on a related note, we need more marine protected areas so that every crab can have its own backyard, and they don't need to stab each other with their snappy claws.
0: Yeah, more, yes. moral, moral of the story.
1: Practice, Keep practice.
0: their space. Endorses more marine space. <laughs> Stay for crabs. out of the way of
1: pregnant crabs.
0: <laughs> Zena has very interesting marine biology. She was explaining one time some some parasites and like the things that they do. That's a whole. That's a whole good thing. Parasites <laughs> and Zena's knowledge of them.
1: <laughs> well, you it's discovered. You a can't parasite. see it if you're listening, but I am aggressively nodding um yes yes i uh, i named a parasite um it its name is carticola mogulai if anyone's interested and it Ooh. lives in the heart of rabbit fish cute and it's yeah i also like the it's, name you chose thank you it's name so carticola is the genus and that is not something i chose because that is what it is Uh, comes from my dear family friend Anne Marie Mogul, who uh, always wanted to be a zoologist, but she's like 98, I believe. And back in her day, women weren't allowed to do science because you know it was far too manly for a woman to be able to invent things, even though they generally did most of the work anyway, and most. It seems that most scientific breakthroughs can be traced back to a woman, but she wasn't allowed to do zoology. And yet she collected lots of books and magazines and things throughout her life because she was passionate. And when she met me, when I was about five, uh, she, we discovered that we were both very interested in marine biology and zoology. And so she would regularly drop off, like, these National Geographics from the 70s or, like, collages she'd made of, you know, sea sponges or whatever interesting <laughs> things she'd done. Um, and so when I discovered a parasite, it seemed like, you know, maybe, maybe it's something she would have done had she had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so I named it after her. And she was very excited about that, and I did offer to name it after my mother, and she said no way. <laughs> she did not want a parasite.
0: <laughs> I think my kind of takeaway from from this mm-hmm. from trying on a Xena practice, um, and and talking to you about um, your you know ga- gamification tendencies, um, I, I think if I could wrap it up in a nice little bow um, just approaching approaching habits and th- like things that you want to accomplish in in life uh, whether it's like learning a language or, or getting into an exercise routine or, or whatever like um, gamifying it by creating rules around it like a like a, a science experiment. Um, if you like create the conditions for the practice itself to be the rewarding thing, then it's it's so much it's so much easier and so much more joyful than. Um, well, I shouldn't be comparing it to a thing, but it is, it's easy and joyful.
1: <laughs> I think it's achievable. Um, I think that's spot on. Right. The key is that you're it's not. The thing you're trying to achieve is not something you can achieve in a day. And so instead of focusing on trying to match this goal that you're currently incapable of doing because it's impossible, because you can't learn a language in a day, or you can't I don't know, learn a, learn a masterpiece on an instrument, or paint a masterpiece, or do anything without the practice that leads up to it. And so it's about just letting the reward come from partaking in the activity and it doesn't focus on the final project or product, Um, which is good because it means, I think you can achieve bigger things overall, but it also means you're not limited. At the start of the pandemic, I started weaving and I had a goal to try weaving something and then I did and I was finished and I haven't gotten back into it, even though I really enjoyed it. And I think part of that was because it wasn't that I said every day, I'm going to weave for five minutes. It was that I said, I want to weave this one thing that I've designed in my head. And then I brought that thing to life and it kind of felt like the experience was over. The problem with really big, the problem with life skills is that they're never over. (laughs) And so if you can just get the joy out of the activity, then I feel like it has the ability to stick, and clearly this has. I've done it for five years, um, and I think I'm better for it. I've done Duolingo for almost a year, and I know I'm better for it. Uh, I've done yoga for three months, and I know I'm better for it.
0: And it's not like it's not product oriented so much as process oriented, and I think that's like the major shift in in the way that you, Zena, think about Habits and skill development is that it's not like product and goal oriented. It's it's in the um, the constructed uh, you know the the boundaries of the experiment that you've you've set up um, that it, that creates the game. Um, and it also I mean I don't know if this is something that you find, but like for me, I, I think that there's a constant sort of pervasive guilt for me about like the things I could be doing right like I well you know why why do five minutes of drawing when I know that I'm capable of doing eight hours of intensive drawing Uh, and then it becomes this kind of all or nothing thinking right but if you're giving yourself the conditions of like I'm going to do five minutes of drawing a day then once you've hit the five minutes it's like Success, hooray, done. And if I want to do an additional seven hours and 55 minutes of drawing, then great. But it's not, it's not um, I'm not now like shaming myself for not doing the thing I know I could ra- because I've, I've hit the mark that I've established for the day. And if you set that mark to like one second <laughs> a day, you know, that's, that's a really nice,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's easy. It is the most basic unit mm-hmm. of developing a habit. Yeah. So you choose every day to commit one second to film. Um, and that that gives you, a, I guess, a measurement, because how many seconds do you have in your day? Right. And if you choose mm. to have it encourage you to be motivated to make the most of every second, then you can do that. Or if you choose to have that second be about stillness, then that's OK. It's a gateway habit. It's a gateway habit. Yes.
2: Yes! We love gateway habits. I feel like you guys just said that very eloquently and perfectly, and we can like end it on that. And I'm like, I have nothing to add.
0: <laughs> Thanks again, Zena, for, for joining us and for introducing us to your, your one second a day habit and your, uh, your, your way of thinking about things. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, and see you next time on Practice Practice with Krista and Kayla. Thanks to Xander Wickstrom for the use of our theme song, What Do I Do Now? A real bop.